0: Run. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the grace of hearing last week and um, for not reading too much into it, not reading too little into it, just for hearing with an open heart. And uh, we're living in a a, a weird age, an odd time. We're living in a time of incredible noise and confusion in the world of politics. So much passion and energy released. It's It's almost kind of radioactive. And and then we're living in the world of of fear and anxiety in terms of the the ongoing pandemic. And I just want us to stop for just a moment and to breathe and to refocus. And in 2021, we are going to focus on what was a priority to Jesus, back to the basics. And so today we're gonna be finishing up our Lost and Found series. It's the story of... The prodigal, but really, we're going to focus on the story of the other son who was equally as far from God. And my prayer in 2021 is that the church gets back to being the church that that it's supposed to be, the church that Jesus is coming again for. Um, We will get through this pandemic. We will be on the other side. And we're going to have a great mission to do during and after the pandemic. And where we are then depends on what our focus is now. And if we are caught up in the whirlwind and all of the focus of the noise of the news and and our fears, then we're going to miss the profound and simple words of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, 17 through 20, the scripture says this, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted And then Jesus came to them in spite of their doubts and their fears. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go. In the Greek, it's a participle, going. You be going. And you make disciples of all nations, all ethnos, all people groups. There is there is no tribalism here. And here's what I want you to do. want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, I'm with you to the very end of the age. That last phrase, it includes now. But the question is, amidst all the noise of what we're hearing outside, can we hear the simple word of Jesus calling us to be the found? Searching for the lost. The big thing I want to share with you today, and I'm going to come back, so I'm going to say it to you so you hear it, and then then you'll be able to to hear it more deeply in just a moment, is this. Most of us live as lost as the lost, feeling more God-forsaken than forever loved. The truth is, our hearts are never really with God until we're with Him on mission in joy. And that's when our hearts are together with God, on fire with God, in obedience to God, captured by God and celebrating what God celebrates. Because the church, I believe, has lost its way, not only ours, but the church in general in, in the West and in the 21st century, I, I want to give you some big picture theology 101 and remind you of some of the realities in which we live, okay? So here is big picture theology 101, the state of our world, okay? the world is lost and everything in it is broken. That's just the simple reality that that Romans 5.12 states that that sin has entered the world and through that that one act of sinfulness, we're all infected. It's kind of a viral picture and death has come through sin to all people. So everything in this world is broken and ultimately death dealing. It's it's a crazy infection of heart and soul with a an eternally lethal virus called sin, so if you wonder why you're not happy here, it's because you can't be found here apart from christ you're you're in a lost place. secondly, God sent jesus to save it no 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 i I know that pastor do do you is this the Captured focus of your heart and life? Is it the the sunrise to the night in, in you know in your mornings? Is it the, the joy of your living? God sent Jesus to save it. That's our focus. That's our joy. That's our that's our peace in the midst of all of the, the, the anxiety around us. And everything can be redeemed. For God He so loved this broken world that he gave his one and only son joyfully and freely and and without limit that whoever believes in him would dare to hope, would dare to reach out to the love of God and, and, and invite him in, that that person would not perish. They wouldn't be dying down, but that they would experience eternal life, everlasting life. Not when they die, but here and now in the broken In the midst of all the hard and the hurting, there is this this redeeming, uh, you know, celebratory work of, of the life of God in us through faith. And the third thing about the state of the world is that not only is the world lost and God sent Jesus to save it, but Jesus sent us to be his compassion and share his salvation. And that's what John 20, 21 is about. Peace be with you, Jesus said. Don't be anxious, don't be all bent out of shape around the axle about politics or or any other trouble in this world because as the Father has sent me, I've sent you. I've sent you to, to, to be my compassion and share my salvation with this world. That's your mission. It's, it's not to, to try to redeem this world through some other means, it's to come to me and then be me in this world. Here's the big picture of Theology 101 in terms of the heart of God. God loves lost people. He's infinite compassion. Uh, So, well, let me me just stop and remind you what a lost person is, okay? We're talking about lost and found. A lost person is a person who's born physically into the world, but not born spiritually into the kingdom of God through life-changing faith in Jesus Christ. John 3.18 says this, whoever believes in him is not condemned, But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, Jesus. So what do you have to do to be lost in this world? And the answer is to be born. And and the way that we can be found is that we are born again. Spiritually, through life-changing faith in God's one and only Son, we are reborn into God's kingdom, and then we are found God loves lost people. Secondly, God never stops going after lost people. He's highly intentional, super focused. And, 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 and just as you and I would never leave one of our children, um, you know, left behind in the house fire or, or left behind to drown in the pool, we would go after them and after them and after them. So it is with a father forever going after us until, until the end of time. Lastly, not only does God love lost people and never stop going after them, nothing brings God more joy than seeing lost people found. I want you to think about that because it says a lot about God's priorities and and his heart. And and if it says where God's priorities and hearts are, then it also reveals to us where our priorities and hearts should be as well. This is what Jesus is telling us in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is the story of lost and found. And Jesus told three parables just in a row that that communicate this. And we're going to focus on the parable of the prodigal and the the other son in just a moment. But but listen to the second parable in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. The scripture there says, Suppose a woman has ten silver coins, something of great value, and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Notice the intentionality and the activeness of her her efforts. This isn't a, uh, oh, well, I lost it, woe is me, there's nothing I can do. There there is a plan put in place, there is a work that is to be done, and there are actions that are are taken. And then when she finds it, she searches until she succeeds. All of this is so rich for the church in terms of, of reorienting uh, and finding its way in, in this COVID season. She calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. This is humorous and it's extravagant because I promise you, uh, you know, if somebody, one of your friends called you and said, hey, I lost my car keys, but I searched the house for hours, days, until I found it, and and, and tonight at six o'clock, we're having a party, so come on over. It's gonna be great. You what? you found your car keys you know most of us would dismiss that and and in the same way the the you know the hyperbole of the story is to tell us what god's heart is towards lost people in the same way to make it perfectly clear luke 15:10 says i tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner who repents that's why you're going to see in, in in the baptism that that we shout and we yell and and we join with heaven in rejoicing whenever the lost are found. So why did Jesus tell this story? Why did he tell us this parable? Well, it's so that that life-changing salvation would change our lives. It would change our priorities, that we wouldn't turn all of our God relationship around and make it about us and our own comfort and our own our own way. So, so here's how life-changing salvation changes us. We, we come to the God who loves lost people and then transformation, we love lost people. We who are consumed with our own pain, and, and do you know that, that that's what self-centered people are? They're consumed with their own pain. You know, have, have you ever really stubbed your toe or, or smashed your, your, your finger with a hammer? In those moments of pain, your world shrinks down, not only to you, but to your trauma. And you're not thinking about anything else, but holding your foot, holding your, your hand. And, and you really don't care about the feelings of anybody else around you because your pain is all-consuming. But when the healing love of Jesus Christ begins its work in us and begins to save us and redeem us and work into the darkest and deepest recesses of, of our lives and when, when salvation's healing begins to flow in us, there is a freedom from self-centeredness and we begin to love what God loves and then we begin to love lost people because I love what God loves. And we go after lost people because God is. And then, and then our greatest joy in life becomes not bringing attention to ourselves or or being successful in the eyes of other human beings. It's looking to the Father and and seeing lost people found because that's what makes Him most happy. So, we become God's compassion and and share Christ's salvation in our families, our classrooms, our offices, and, and our and our workplaces in our world. Ooh. God, God loves lost people, and I, I have to ask myself, and in church, I have to ask you, in all humility, how much do I? How much do you love lost people like God does? You see, life changing salvation overflows into world changing compassion that, that goes after lost and hurting people. There is this transformation that, that comes when Jesus comes into my life and begins His healing. He, he works in me to, to change me and, and he addresses my needs and my, my issues and my losses and, 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 and my hurt. And, and then he gives me a heart and eyes to see the other people who are hurting and lost. And now that I'm found, I find myself going after those who aren't. Compassion in its Latin roots means to suffer with. It's to recognize the pain of another and then to do your best to alleviate that pain. So there there is an empathy to feel what somebody else might be feeling, but then beyond just that empathy, there is a movement in your life to move towards them and to to answer that that suffering. This is what God did in the world for Christ, and it's what we must do in our world in, in faith. So, we're all pretty familiar with the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And uh, it's a beautiful story. It's a story of, of running away from God into the waste of the world. Uh, it's a story of waking up to the eternal emptiness of the world around us, of scratching around in, in the, the dirt of this world and, and running the rat race only to realize eventually that you're just a tired rat. It's it's a story of, of an awakening and of a bold decision to come home to the Father's love through the life of the Son in the power of the Spirit. It's the story of how joyfully love wins and of a Father welcoming all of us who are unworthy with arms wide open. It is a beautiful story. And it's the story of our world in all of its emptiness. And how wanted and welcomed it really is. So take a listen
1: to this story. Luke 15, 11 through 24. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The youngest one said to his father, father, give me a share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he went to his father but while he was still a long way off his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son he threw his arms around him and he kissed him and it the son said to him father i have sinned against heaven and against you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants quick Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast to celebrate. For the son of mine was dead, is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate.
0: But it's the other story of the second son, really He's the second son in the story, but he's the first son in in terms of, of, of priorities. He's the elder, and it's the elder son whose story is really more most of ours. Sadly, his story describes the church and its reluctant heart to joyfully love and lead lost people to Jesus. So I want to read that part of the story to you, and then we're going to unpack it for just a moment Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother's come home, the servant replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he's back home safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, and I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a goat, so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes home, who's squandered your property with prostitutes, when he comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Let that resonate. Imagine if if Bill Gates said that of his finances, or Jeff Bezos, everything I have is yours. Oh my gosh. And here is the God of the universe telling you all that he has is all that he's given to you. But we had to celebrate, verse 32 concludes. And we had to be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is now alive and he was lost. But now he's found. This lost and found story is, is the story of, of the church and of Israel. And And in the telling of the story, Jesus was addressing the Jewish and Gentile issues. He was addressing the the resentment of the Jews for the attention of Jesus on on lost people and forecasting his attention on the Gentiles. But, But in the 21st century, this is the story of the church. You see, most of us live as lost as the lost. And and we live faithlessly, feeling more God forsaken than than forever loved. The truth is, our hearts are never really with God until they're with Him in joy on mission. And when they're with Him on mission in this joyful uh, celebration and 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 trusting the the purposes of God then we're with God and and we're walking with our our papa and we understand his heart and we're we're aligned with his purposes and we're blessable and leadable and and then and then life is is right in this world this story of the first son who's the second son in the story it is the story of the parallel resentment of Israel towards the Gentiles and, and of the church towards lost people in the 21st century. The truth is the modern church, including the church at Seven Run and including me as your shepherd, we don't go after lost people. We are about us. We are inward turned and and concerned about judging others more often than we are about bending down on our knees and and wrapping up in in arms the broken around us. We are hurting and busy in in our families and in our worlds. We are we are stressed and pressed when God has offered to fill and and supply. We are distracted and and focused by the news on on lesser things that in a thousand years will not matter forever. And God is calling us to be on mission with him. Go, make disciples. Lead the lost into the joy of being forever found. Enjoy my presence as we go together towards lost. I'm going to take care of you you're with me. Everything I have is yours. All you have to do is give your life to me and join me because in the same way the father sent me and I I said, yes, I'm sending you. But the truth is, most of us haven't said yes to go. This story is the story of missing and misinterpreting the heart of God. It's a story of missing the pain of God's heart for the lostness of his other sons and daughters. And in a world that's dying pointlessly without him, it's the world of missing the, the compassion of God. In Mark six thirty four, the scripture says, when Jesus got off a boat and landed on the shore, he saw a large crowd around and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he taught them he looked at them and he saw their pain and he was moved with compassion to answer their pain. And so he began to unveil eternal life to them. Such is the heart of God and such is the heart of all who share the heart of God. The the unfolding of this story with the older brother, he became angry and refused to go in. Verse 29, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Really? Really? That's what you think God is, a slave driver? You and I have been missing the joy of serving God, uh, you know, allowing God to, to use our lives in the mystery of his purposes for, for eternal redemption. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't always like what God does with my life. In fact, in my old nature, I can pretty much say, I don't like anything God does with my, my old life, my, my life, because my old life, my old nature hates God. My old nature is a rebel. My old nature is arrogant, self-centered. My old nature thinks it is God. My old nature will fight against God and and question him because, because my three pounds of gray matter cannot comprehend the infinite, nor does it trust the infinite goodness of a good God. And that's why my old nature has to die. And so up on the cross it goes, And it dies and and something new begins to live on the other side of it. So I want to ask you, where are you living? Are you living in your own understanding, as Proverbs 3 says? Or are you trusting the Lord with all of your heart? Instead of leaning on what makes sense to you. Because the you that things make sense to is the old you, not the new you. The new you is in love with God and lives in obedience, joyfully doing whatever it is that he's called you to do, whether anybody ever notices it or not. God's told me to do this, so he's with me, and and it's enough. But the church, we kind of have the second son in the story's attitude towards the work of God. He goes on to say in verse 29, I never disobeyed you. Really, that's probably not likely. (laughs) In, In your ego, you're probably just overestimating kind of, you know, where you really are. And yet you never gave me, ha, how often I've done this. Um, Living quietly resentful of God, um, resenting the struggle and the pain of life, resenting the fact that I'm not in heaven yet now, um, resenting that that, that my life doesn't look like X, Y, or Z, or, or this person's and yet you never gave me. The truth is, most of us live in heart and feeling as lost as the lost. We are feeling more God forsaken than we are forever loved. And yet we are forever loved. All these years, I've been slaving for you. I never disobeyed you. You never gave me even a goat. Oh my gosh, (laughs) how blind are we to all the gifts of God? He's given us his son. He's given us his heart. He's given us his purpose, his passion. He's given us freedom. He's given us joy. He's given us everything that we ever need. And yet you and I live full of resentment for how God's treated us as though God were stingy, not generous, indifferent, instead of fully compassionate um, and 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 resentful of of how God loves undeserving people. You are always with me, the father goes on to say in verse 30. You are always with me. Uh, My son, everything I have is yours. And so we had to celebrate. We had to be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. Isn't it enough to be with God? Isn't it enough to be able to wake up in the morning and to be embraced and forever loved by an infinite God? Isn't it enough to believe in his promises when he says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need. Contrast that with, you haven't even given me a goat. All you've done is given me a hard life. No, 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 you've given me everything I need to to do every good thing that you've asked me to do. I can abound in every good work. As God calls us out in our, onto his mission, in all our pain and all our struggles, how how does it make you feel to hear God say, you're always with me and everything I have is yours? You see, life-changing salvation, when it's truly salvation, it is life-changing. And what does it change our lives into? It changes our lives into people who love lost people. And so the God who loves lost people changes us into becoming people so that we love lost people and that we go after lost people. And then our greatest joy and satisfaction in life becomes seeing lost people found so we truly become God's compassion in our homes and in our classrooms and, and in our workplaces and offices. We become the compassion of God himself. My thankfulness for this COVID season, as much as I hate it, is is that, God, I want your work to be done. I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven, but more importantly, in your church as it is in heaven. So in 2021, we're seeking to lead 150 people into life-changing salvation and, and then to lead them to obey what Jesus commanded, to publicly profess their faith uh, in In him, through believer 's baptism, and we 're asking every believer to adopt five people committing to be ad- active in prayer and compassionate in love for these five every week through all of twenty twenty one believing that they can be found that they can have a life changing relationship with with Jesus Christ, and that their lives can be uh, eternally loved and transformed into into to the people of compassion that that reveal the, the the heart of heaven. There's two key questions I want to just close with. This. These are the ones I started with in the, in the first message. Am I lost or am I found? Am I lost in the sense of trusting myself or am I found in following Jesus into his mission? And I do want to emphasize that last part because if you are a follower of Christ and are not following him in a mission, then one of two things is possible. A, you are not truly a follower of Jesus Christ, or B, you are following, but you are stopped and stunted in disobedience because you are stopping short of of his mission. How, How do I become found, Pastor Drew? It's as simple as ABC. Admit you're broken and be broken about it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Believe you're loved and trust the compassion of God. God so loved the world, and that means me. And commit to Christ. Make following Jesus the center of your existence. Then Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple will deny themselves, must deny themselves, and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, And whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So, are you lost or are you found? And if you are lost and would like to be found, then then take those three steps. Let us know. Talk to another believer around you. It is as simple as a prayer of surrender to God in Jesus' name, and you will be forever found, and then follow up. On it, And then I'm asking you with all of my heart to be serious about adopting these five people. Guys, thank you for hearing my heart. And in spite of all the hard of COVID and all the hard of this season, I am grateful to God and I'm rejoicing for what he is doing in our midst to reshape, reform, and relaunch the church to be on mission in the world a mission of finding the lost that they might that they might be found